1: yo what's good everybody this is jay and jimmy on unfair where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation you know where to find us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to so when you do that make sure you rate us and review us and give us five stars think we deserve it give us five anyway gifted and uh, check us out on the YouTube page as well. So, to this week's episode, we're going to dive into the Cowboys and the NFC least mm. our our quarter one grades in the NFL. Uh-huh. Talk about our Frozen Five and how we um, how we you know fared in that one this week. It's <laughs> um, a good way of putting it. Right, the NBA Finals and and somebody's in trouble. Mm. We got to figure out who, mm. as well as uh, a quick little seven dollar challenge. And getting a better understanding of why Oklahoma is not in the polls <laughs> today. With that, let's dive right on in. Hey, what's going on, man? Jimmy, man, it's, it, it's good, man. It, it, it was, I was sad that you weren't, that you didn't come last week. But at the same time, I was a little happy. I could use the uh, mental health day, to be quite honest. <laughs> I got an opportunity to get some stuff done, and at uh-huh. the same time, rest my mind and let good, my conscience good, be Good, good, right on time. Yeah. So I figured you wanted to watch the, the Chiefs game and you had some other things to go along with that, but maybe yes. the Chiefs game. Yes, Chiefs both of Ravens. those are true. Both so of those are true. I was like, all right, good. Now I, I, I can handle that. And all the stuff I had lined up for last show, as I mentioned on my solo, it's better with two than one because mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot more fun mm-hmm. when we talk about our Q1 grades and stuff yes. and as we look at the way that we actually thought everything was going to go down and how far <laughs> off we truly are. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know
2: what? Yeah, good solo show, by the way. I appreciate thoroughly that. enjoyed that. I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate especially your, your Doc Rivers piece. <laughs> hey, <laughs>
1: hey, man. We're going to talk a little bit about we are, it we're gonna, today, too. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, got got we got go so one. We Doc. got Doc's, more on Doc. Doc's not fin- we're not finished with Doc. So let's open up with this, though. Yep. Week four NFL season is one of my favorite weeks of the year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know why? 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 Because it lets us know who's going where and who's not. Within the first four weeks, you know if a team's good or not. That gives you every indication you need. Even in this unprecedented time where we didn't have preseason to build up a roster of rookies or practice squad guys or understand what your personnel need to look like. Yeah. Using the first four weeks, you figure it out. This is when offensive lines figure out their chemistry. This is when defensive lines figure out their chemistry. Most of the units start to become jailed as a unit at this point, especially when you add in your new acquired pieces and stuff. Practice is cool, but practice means nothing until you get into the game and you see live action and actually have reactions to great players in comparison to your second or third unit. So now we're starting to see... A true turn up and see who's really who out there, mm-hmm. and so looking at the way the league is shifting right now, there's some things that are, of course, parts of the course. Other things that are truly unexpected uh-huh. from the NFC leagues being the NFC leagues as it's been the last what four years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, outside of the Eagles winning the championship, they have been the worst conference in the NFL. To the NFC South still showing that they kind of have the best set of quarterbacks in the NFL for some really weird reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know how but yeah, with that traveling to the AFC where we've got the emergence of a young quarterback who everybody has been caping for for so long and he might start to live up to expectations to the new legendary guys that do the things that they always do. So we're now really filling out what the season is going to look like. So our opening piece We've got to talk about and get a better understanding of this NFC Leafs because I don't know why things are so bad over there. And as I close out my opening rant, Jimmy, I have to get a better understanding of this as a sports fan, as an Oki. What the hell is wrong with the Cowboys?
2: Very well timed, sir. Uh, the problem with the Cowboys—at <clears throat> least we know now what it is. is't, like you said, with the first four weeks of the season, we get a better feel for where teams are going, where they're not going. So one thing we do know is that Dak Prescott is not the problem. Yep. Um, in terms of what he's doing in the passing game, how he's putting the team on his on his back and putting them in positions to. Uh, to win the game, even though it doesn't always turn out, as we saw with the Atlanta Falcons. They pulled out the miracle. Yesterday with the Cleveland Browns, they did not. They lost 49-38. to 38. So this offense clearly is one of the best in football. Zeke is still – he's back to being the Zeke that we're accustomed to seeing. Yep. The offensive line is still good, not great anymore, and he's got one of the best receiving cores in the league once you combine it all together. So it's clear to, I believe, everyone in Dallas and outside of Dallas that the problem with this team is the defense. But I don't think it's necessarily what people think, because automatically when you see a defense giving up this amount of points, you automatically say, okay, the entire defense is just a team full of bums. No, that's not the case. They have real football players, good football players, highly paid football players on that defense, yep. like Tank Lawrence, like Jalen Smith, like uh, you know, getting Everson Griffin. That was a bit of a steal. He's got a lot of juice left. Alden Smith coming back off of a five-year hiatus for – personal reasons uh, right. still has a lot to contribute so I don't think it's the players I don't think it's that this year or last year what I think it's got to be two things one you have to take a strong look at the defensive coordinator Mike Nolan why because there are scouts in the league who are saying he is literally the worst defensive coordinator in the game in terms of his scheme and in terms of calling plays but you know why though right why
1: this is his first defensive coordinator job since 2012 <laughs> Literally, he has not been a D.C. Mm-hmm. for eight years. Mm-hmm. His last two – after he got fired as D.C. from uh, the Atlanta Falcons in 2012, he was linebacker coach in 2015 for the Chargers, and then in 2017 he was – uh, the linebacker coach for the Saints. Mm. Like, he hasn't got a D.C. job since.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's clear why he's on this team is because Mike McCarthy actually coached under him in San Francisco. Yep. He kind of gave him his big break, so he's returning the favor. But Mike Nolan could be overcome as defensive coordinator if it weren't for one thing. And this, in part, this is and isn't his fault. It isn't his fault because this is, to me, been the problem with the Cowboys' defense over the last three or four seasons, and it is now. And that is they lack on a defense, it's not so much about what you have that, that does you in. It's what you lack. They lack effort. They lack toughness primarily because they lack effort. And the reason why they lack both is because they lack sacrifice. In order to play defense, in order to – be the cause of all these collisions happening, Mm -hmm. thus instilling fear in the offense, thus generating turnovers. They don't have that. Case in point, that end around that Odell Beckham did yesterday, that in effect sealed the game, it's almost as though he had leprosy because nobody wanted to touch him. Mm -hmm. Nobody (laughs) wanted to touch him. (laughs) They were afraid. Yeah, with a chance to get the ball back and win the game, nobody wanted to touch him. Did Odell tell him that he had, had COVID? probably did. When he ran when he hand back He does there. stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what it is. They lack the willingness to sacrifice for each other and for the team. And so long as they lack sacrifice, lack effort and lack toughness, you're going to continue to see this throughout the season and this may be the reason why in a horrid division they don't end up winning it.
1: This is what sums up their season <laughs> to me. And I put this in our doc and I figured yes, I don't please. know if you saw it. I, I did see got a it. good laugh out of it. I did see it. I'm trying to decide which was worse. If this or what happened to the Falcons? Their defining moment this season is the fact that they blocked an extra point <laughs> that led to the Browns getting two points instead. Yes. That tells me everything about how disastrous their defensive season has gone. So I'm trying to figure out which is worse. Is it the Cowboys blocking an extra point and them giving them two points instead? Or is it the Falcons taking a one point lead? After a touchdown and then throwing a pick two on the two-point conversion and going back down one point and losing the game. Which one's
2: worse? I mean, for recency bias' sake, I am going to say what <laughs> happened in Dallas because I literally have never seen that before.
1: I've never. I've not, I, I mean, actually, that pick too was the first time ever as well.
2: That's never happened since it happened before. You, yeah. No, it, it happened since either. So I don't. I've never seen but a it does, blocked. But it's like extra if you are blocking the ball and it's supposed to go that way, how does it end up thirty three yards that way? Right. Without you recovering,
1: without you recovering it, like it, it's 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 mind blowing, especially since they've moved. The extra point back, right? How does that happen? It only happens to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that is something that is a hundred percent pure Dallas Cowboys. So
2: then, it looks like all that being true, all that being considered, what what do they do? Because Dak in the offense is not the problem. They're going to continue to put up thirty plus points. But this defense, if they're giving up forty, what can they do? The draft is not till next year. Free agency is not till next year. What are they going to do? Well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You just signed Mike Nolan as defensive coordinator. You can't just
1: push him out the door.
2: What can they do?
1: See, and the bad part is McCarthy is not a defensive guy. No. So he's not going to be able to because, I mean, if you think about it, Mike McCarthy is probably the the worst source for coaching staffs when mm-hmm. it comes to that because if you think about it, all those Green Bay teams, with Aaron Rodgers had Atrocious defenses mm-hmm. They weren't very good Except for Aaron I think that the Super Bowl year They mm-hmm. had a good defense I think it was Charles, Charles Wilson was on that team At that point Yes he was So they had a defensive anchor More of a defensive coach On the field Right, right now They don't have that Alden Smith is Fred is Five years removed From actually playing And so he's getting His bearings back So he can't be your Centerpiece Is it five is, is, is It's been five years
2: What for Alden Smith Yes Yes
1: five years so, he, you don't have him to be your, your, your centerpiece. Um, um, Vander Esch is hurt every other year. Yes, he is. Is Lee hurt again, too? Yes. So, basically, all of your the people that you would expect to be your quarterbacks on the defensive side are all gone.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so, then, do they bite the bullet? Make a phone call to you-know-who, who, yep. who even the Texans I, didn't yes, want you a part know what, to part of. you-know-what do you-know-who you <laughs> between, between me, me and you. And you. Yeah. Go ahead and make it happen, man. <laughs> you
1: ain't got no choice. That is the most important thing you can do today is to go ahead and sign the guy that nobody wants to sign. Say his name. You know he's going to be who a problem. Just say his name. Candy man up in this piece, man. Just do it.
2: <laughs> Earl the Pearl Thomas. Earl
1: Thomas. You got to sign him. It only makes sense because that's where their biggest struggle is. Their secondary is really. Because they're really, really, really young. They're young. But yeah. I
2: feel like I've been saying that for the last five years about the Dallas secondary.
1: <laughs> like, hey, you you, right. you ha- One, you have. Yeah. Two, it feels like not only is the youth the issue – they are, they keep refreshing the youth. Mm-hmm. It seems like the youth keeps being refreshed. Like, I don't know how long these defensive guys, these corners and secondaries, been there for the Cowboys right. now. I, I haven't even looked it up. That's probably something I need to, to, to review because it makes more sense. But that, that, there's, they're getting eaten alive by the Browns. Like knowing it's eaten alive by Baker Mayfield and the Browns. No. Is this is Odell Beckham Jr's best
2: game as a Brown. That's how you know it's 2020. That tells All this you it's stuff 2020. Has never happened before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Hell, they've been trying to they've been they've been quietly offering him up in trades mm-hmm. because they can't figure out how to get him the ball mm-hmm. and somehow Dallas gave them a reason to not
2: get rid of him. She's like, there you go. There's the open part of the field. Just give it to him there and then we won't touch him. We promise. I promise you we won't get there. <laughs> Jarvis Landry threw a bullet.
1: Yeah. Threw a bullet. Mm-hmm. And, then threw, and the, corner, the corner literally was
2: probably was a good there's a five yard gap, mm-hmm. and they've done and that catch. play before. Yes. Film would have told you they've done that play before. You could tell by how he was running, you know, lateral to the line of scrimmage, that he was not trying to turn the corner and nope. get yards. No, oh, who could he be throwing to? Gee, I don't know his best friend from LSU. Exactly, LSU to LSU. That's what it is. Tiger, yeah. tiger. Uh, I mean, for fantasy purposes, I'm not mad at Odell Beckham Jr. uh But I mean, to make Odell, only they can make Odell look like New York Giants Odell. Good point. Speaking
1: of uh, (laughs)
2: fantasy, make sure you check out the OSG report. We put it out
1: every single week um, on our Medium account at uh, medium.com forward slash uh, unfair forward Mm -hmm. slash OSG. It's also on our social media pages. We'll blaster it all over the place because there's always great plays in there. And speaking of that, when it comes to plays, play Dak Prescott every week. Every week every single week Money. if you're doing Daily Fantasy or if he's on your team trade for him offer up the farm he's guaranteed to get you 400 yards every week mm-hmm. because the defense is so bad they're always playing from either behind or they're trying to keep the lead because their defense is so bad
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet
1: our first quarter grades. Uh, we we try to do this every four weeks. Yes. Because now, like I like I mentioned in the opening, this is a great time for us to really get a get a glimpse into what we expect to finish out the year. So, uh, let's start off with underachiever mm-hmm. that we feel. Actually, I'm gonna flip it. Let's do the biggest surprise first, biggest disappointment. Then we'll go over, underachiever. That's gonna bounce back. Overachiever. That's gonna that will fail. And then Best in NFC East and Best. Best in NFC and Best in AFC.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Biggest surprise, Jimmy, who you got? Biggest surprise to me, is my, and this might surprise you. This might be a big surprise for you. To me, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. Who sit there at one, two, and one. The biggest surprise because, hey, they have two non-losses, right? Yeah. You know, so – if someone's a Bengals fan, you'll take that through the first four games of the season. So they have two non-losses. They're actually watchable now that they have Joe Burrow, He actually, who actually makes the offense look functional. Look, dare I say, even somewhat dangerous.
1: Uh, yeah, yep. you're right.
2: Yeah. So for those two reasons, I think it's the Bengals. And, I mean, they, they fight. They're in – I believe they've been in every game that they've been in. I'm, did they win yesterday? Yeah, they, yeah, it was his first win. They did. They did first the Jaguars first win. And he said it feels good to win. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> so they So they feel like – you know, they're, they're fighting. That's really all you ask for in any NFL team. You're not going to win it every game because these are some of the best athletes in the world. Right. But are you in every game? Are you fighting? Do you look like you want to touch people? Unlike yes. we talked about the Dallas defense. Correct. So, to me, I did not expect this from the Bengals. I know they're still going to end up with a losing record, but they're watchable. They, they are. They are watchable.
1: They are. They are. Mm? So, my biggest surprise is the Colts. Mm. No lie. I did not – we talked about this in the preview show. Jimmy mentioned that he believed the Colts had the best defensive line and O-line mm-hmm. in, in, in football right now. Mm-hmm. He felt like that their lines were the best. Yes. And it's showing. They are the mm-hmm. number one defense in DVOA. Mm-hmm. I picked them for the Frozen Five specifically because of that. And what they do to the Bears, yep. they held them to like, what was that, three points the entire game until the end. Then right. they finally gave up a touchdown and right. won, what, 19-10? to 10? Right. So... Yeah, defensively they're ridiculous. I did not think their defense was going to be that good. I haven't seen a good Colts defense since Bob Sanders, Bob Sanders. in the in the in the Peyton Manning era. That was when he finally had a defense and they were finally able to get over the hump mm-hmm. because of that defense. Mm-hmm. But since then, I haven't. And, and it was a Dwight free him and Dwight Freeney was out there just anchoring and destroying things. They are they're playing some really good football. And looking at their schedule, they have a very favorable schedule for the next like six weeks. Mm-hmm. I. I, I they may end up being the tops of, of the <laughs> AFC South. They right. may win it. They may win it out. They have a chance, mm-hmm. which is a little bit scary. I mean, no
2: one other than Tennessee can challenge them in that division. Yeah, right now so because my race. pick is
1: atrocious as we speak. Who did you say?
2: Ty- the Texans. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get you, to them in a second. Yeah, we'll get to them later. So, mm-hmm. uh, biggest disappointment. Houston Texans. <laughs> Sitting there at 0-4, and, and this should not be happening, to one of my favorite quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson. Um but you know, I did not expect them to be zero and four. I didn't expect them to be four and zero. But come on, they like I just talked about the Bengals. This Texans team—I mean, I know Deshaun fights, but on both sides of the ball, they don't seem like they fight. They don't seem inspired. They don't scare people. And I did not expect to see that. I did not. So if I were to pick a second choice, it would obviously be the Cowboys who, who stand there at one and three. If the Cowboys were two and two, I could back off of that a little bit because they've generally been a five hundred team anyway. Right. But to have three losses and to have several of those losses look the way that they did. I would say second in the biggest disappointment is the Cowboys. My NFC biggest disappointment is Cowboys. AFC is the Texans. Okay.
1: NFC, I agree, is Mm. the Cowboys their offense is exactly what I thought it was going to be. But I did not expect this defense to be this way. But at the same time, I also didn't expect Lee Vander Esch and whoever else on defense is hurt. I didn't expect them to have this many injuries to where they were going to look this pedestrian. Their defense is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that Mike Nolan was this bad of a coach. Mm-hmm. I and He's also 61 years old. It kind of tells you I think he's just aged out of the league. And at yeah. this point, it's time for him to go ahead and step back and get out of the game. Right. D- don't waste your time you need to move on from him. He so, may not have
2: to wait much longer because Jerry's not going to sit through another two or three games of this without no. getting rid of somebody. He's,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they've only been here four weeks. Right. So he's going like, <laughs> to let somebody go at this yeah. point. Yeah. And and AFC-wise, I agree with you. I'm the exact same. Uh, the Texans, even though even though I picked them to win the South, mm. I had a feeling that the moves that, O'Brien, that Bobby has made, that Bill O'Brien has made, was going to cost them something. We're going to talk a little bit about him in a couple more minutes as yes. well. So, okay. So from that underachiever that you feel like is going to bounce back
2: uh, underachiever. That's going to bounce back. I would have to say the saints who are 500. They're two and two of uh, that loss against the Raiders. When they opened up their new stadium, the death star. I think that was a bad loss. Um, but I think that they'll bounce back, they have too much talent on both sides of the ball, especially with Alvin Kamara playing like the best running back in the league. And this being essentially Drew Brees' swan song, uh, once they get Mike Thomas back, because obviously that's he's worth a <laughs> point or two in yeah. Vegas, so that's a big loss. I think that they're going to bounce back and still finish the season kind of around what we thought with 11 to 12 victories, and they'll be in the playoffs. But for right now, standing there at 2-2 two and two with that team, uh, number one rated team on Madden year in and year out, it's the Saints for me. Okay. For
1: me, it's the Texans. Mm. Um, so you think they're going to bounce back? I think they're going to bounce back. Okay. If they make some changes. They'll bounce back. Their schedule is pretty favorable. They got Jacksonville coming up. Okay. They're traveling to Tennessee, which I don't think that's going to be too big of a problem because the Titans he have knows, issues.
2: Deshaun knows that team well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, They got the Packers coming to them, which that one I'm nervous about. That's one that's, loss. That's L. That's L. They travel to Jacksonville. That's going to be a dub. They yep. have, shouldn't, have, shouldn't lose to them unless... Mm. Uh, Deshaun Watson has to, to be driven there again instead of flying <laughs> because of the chess situation. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, they travel to Cleveland. I see them beating Cleveland mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Um, the Patriots. I'm a little nervous about because we don't. It, that Cam and then will travel down and, and Belichick even though Belichick has issues with scrambling quarterbacks mm-hmm. I think having a scrambling quarterback is going to help him this time around
2: yeah you know what um, that may be a tough matchup for Belichick because usually he shuts down what a team does best or what they love the most this team doesn't do anything hardly right on, exactly. on offense yep. so he won't know what to try to shut he, down, he know what to shut down. Yeah. he's
1: going to focus on Watson, That's all he can really do <laughs> right. um, the line they're traveling to Detroit which they're a cluster yep. and the only other concern I had was the Colts I had three games that was consult mm-hmm. I felt like it was, a, was an issue but I felt like they could squeak out at, at least one of them mm-hmm. so if they can go six and two i think they'll be back in the game okay i like that right now okay so uh overachiever that you think's going to fail we're gonna start falling
2: the bucks really three and one bucks yes i do it is something about this team when i watch them and when i watch brady that makes me feel when they get into the playoffs and they will they're gonna be a quick exit for somebody there's gonna be some hot team if they're going to match up, again, it's going to be a bad matchup, and they're not going to achieve to the heights that people are saying that they would as far as NFC Championship, Super Bowl, potentially beyond. But for right now, I do not like the look of this team. I'm not necessarily on the train that Tom Brady is too old, even though after week one you said he looks old. Okay, I'll say he's old, but I don't know if he's too old right. to be able to lead this team because you're right. He is. I can tell just by watching him. He is old.
1: I mean, he threw a pick six on another deep out route. Another and it one. it looked like it- – it looked like the receiver did bad on his route, but at the same time, it looked like he threw it behind the receiver yes, anyway. Another, one. So if another rec- one. If the receiver was <laughs> was wrong on his part,
2: uh-huh.
1: Tom fixed it by throwing it behind the dude. And it still was bad. <laughs> right. So yes, I I I can I can I can see that. For me, mm-hmm. your shocker is gonna be the Bills. Ooh. Their next eight games, it's gonna uh-huh. be tough. They have they're traveling to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is going to be tough for that defense, even though the defense is looking great. They're going to I think that they, that's going to be a tough one for them. Mm-hmm. They have the Chiefs coming to them. Mm-hmm. They're not stopping Patrick Mahomes. They do travel to the Jets, which they lost to the Jets last year at the end of the season, which was really <laughs> weird. How? Exactly. So they should win that game. The Patriots come to town. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about them stopping Cam Newton, if he's healthy at that point. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks come to town. Mm-hmm. Then they travel to Arizona, which I still feel like is a sleeper, Mm -hmm. that will give them challenges. And then they face that Chargers defense who gave Patrick Mahomes hell. Which by then they'll probably have
2: Melvin Ingram back.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then they finish up by traveling – out to san francisco and playing it's the 90s. What's with all this west
2: coast travel that they're having to do
1: they i mean they got arizona san francisco then they have the chargers and chiefs coming to them they mm-hmm. travel to tennessee and, and they travel to new york mm-hmm. i know it, it's i mean the next eight games is going to be a toughie mm. after that they got the steelers and patriots again but Ugh. then they have the broncos and bills which yeah. i mean broncos and dolphins which kind of balances it out right but i think that that's going to be a struggle for them okay mm.
2: Okay. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so best in the NFC.
2: Best in the NFC. Uh, it's the Green Bay Packers. Hopefully, they don't make me look bad with their game tonight against Atlanta. If they somehow find a way to lose to Atlanta, when Atlanta is just giving out victories wholesale yep. to teams, uh, then this and is going to look like a bad pick. But yeah, but I think that if they have a decent enough defense. I think that Aaron Rodgers is able to cook the way that he wants to. Yep. Now and really. This is something that he probably couldn't have done last year because that was his first year in Matt LaFleur's system. Now that he has total command of that system and truly understands it, then they probably let him pay. Like we always talk about with Aaron Rodgers, allowing him to play jazz, allowing him to improvise. That's when he's at his best. Yep. Um, so I think right now I would say the Packers slash the Seahawks. The, Se- the Seahawks, yes, they are 4-0, but that defense, which played better yesterday, is still problematic because they have no pass rush. Yep. So, for right now, if those two teams went head-to-head, I would pick the Packers to win.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mine is the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's showing that they were stupid for letting Jadavion Clowney leave. They needed that type of additional rush. If anything, they needed a guy that will get attention from the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Force doubles, force triples. Sometimes that's more valuable than him actually getting sacks, is mm-hmm. the fact that he will attract the attention of the defense. And then when the defense doesn't pay attention to him, he gets his sacks. Right that perception is needed and they're not getting that right now. And you're right. The rest of the defense is a little shaky, but man, Russ is cooking. Mm-hmm. And like everybody says, just let Russ cook, Russ cook. And he's doing enough to keep them over the top every single possession. And to me, that's enough in this NFL, especially once you buckle down in the playoffs, I think defensively, they'll figure it out. Cause Pete Carroll is a defensive guy. He'll figure it out later. Yes. But right now, I think still they're the best team. They're the best in the NFC. Just the fact that they went they're four and zero with that bad defense. You're not supposed to be four and zero with that defense. Hell, the Cowboys have the best offense in, in the NFL, <laughs> and they're one three and one, right. one, one and three. Right. You know what I'm saying? That that something to me that's an accomplishment that we can give them point mm-hmm. points for.
2: Yep. Best in the AFC, Chiefs. <laughs>
1: were, were we going to say any, anything else? Like, was there nope. anything to even well, say?
2: Well, I was going to say second thus far would be the Bills. Uh, I don't know it's probably not going to end up that way after the schedule that you just gave me but it's definitely the Chiefs if I have to explain to anyone why that is then you you don't watch football that's all I can say but it's the Chiefs that's a valid point Mm -hmm. so for me you ready yep Steelers
1: Ooh. James Conner looking like he's finally figuring out things. Juju Smith-Shields was doing his
2: thing. Big Ben is killing it, and you were right. That defense is real. Oh, that defense is ferocious. <laughs> All right, I want to switch my picks. Steelers <laughs> over Bills. I still would take the Chiefs if the Steelers and the Chiefs met by two or three points, I would say, which is probably what that spread would be if they met. Yeah, but I still, I still take the Chiefs.
1: I feel like, I feel like the Steelers' defense can handle – majority of the of the Chiefs offense one on one besides Tariq Hill. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a key indicator and I think that their defense defensive line can get pressure on Mahomes without having to do a whole bunch of crazy blitzes. Right. That's the way you get them. The Chargers showed it yes. when they played them. Melvin Ingram and them were really getting Boza. They were getting at Mahomes. They do it without, all the time. They've without, done it like, they've
2: done it like four straight games
1: without blitzing yes. without, without crazy blitzes. And so that's, that was the problem. The Ravens had playing against the chiefs. So that's why I'm giving it to the Steelers. Cause you're right. The defense is real mm-hmm. now. You know, the Colts are still, still super surprising with that defense too, but you're right. I think the Steelers definitely have it.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
2: All right, so, Jay, before we go into news, uh, one thing I want to mention, uh, sad news, which we always hate to do on the show, but we must, and that is the passing of Major League Baseball great Bob Gibson. I saw To that. me, one of the greatest pitchers ever, top three pitcher easily, uh, Play for the Cardinals a number of years, Hall of Famer uh, I bring him up specifically because my late father, this was his favorite baseball player, really, so when he introduced the game to me <clears throat> that 's who he used to talk about, especially in terms of pitching, is Bob Gibson, so that one hits a little you know a little closer to home than other losses that we 've had in the baseball and in the sports world. but he lived to be eighty four lived a really good life, really good guy um, from from everything that I. Had read about him, uh, especially post retirement. So, as we always say on the ha- the unfair, I almost said the wrong thing. It's okay. unfair with Jay and Jimmy. Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Yes, uh, with him, and you know, R.I.P. Well, R.I.P. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely on that. Um, if you follow somebody on Twitter, someone you check out is R.J. Young. Mm-hmm. Just search him R.J. underscore Young. Um, he's now an ESPN personality after leaving the sports animal. He's doing ESPN yes. Radio on the weekends wow. and he, uh, was talking about some of the big things about Bob Gibson on his Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the quality stuff that you want to hear about a black legend like him. Yes. You know, he was, you know, he's talking about how, and there's one thing I wanted to mention. He was uh, he was born in Omaha, Nebraska, 16 years after the 1919 Omaha race riots. And he was his best high school basketball player in the country. <laughs> he wanted to go to Indiana. Uh-huh. And Indiana told him that they had reached their quota mm. for Negro athletes. And so he averaged 20 a game at Creighton for three years. Mm-hmm. Baseball.
2: <laughs> and then comes and becomes one of the best baseball players ever.
1: Exactly. Wow. So
2: rest in peace, Bob Gibson. Yep. Next time we're going to move into the news. Jimmy has the news. Uh, Thank you, Wendy. All right, so Jay, as we all know, uh, Doc Rivers, no longer the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. Quickly agreed to become the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And in explaining why he chose the Sixers, one of the things that he said was because of the immense talent on the roster. So my question to you is, is this Philadelphia 76ers roster as currently constructed more talented than the Clippers roster that doc rivers left
1: no 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 i don't i don't believe so the problem that i saw with philadelphia is they they're missing a key guy that can get you 30 when you really need 30 and everybody's all over everybody you know what i'm saying they don't have that tobias harris is not it i thought he was but he's not um the clippers have that they have Kawhi who can get you 30 they have Lou Williams who will get you 30 but the problem with the Clippers was they were relying on Montrez Harold to average 19 and if you're relying on Harold to get you 19 you probably should be looking in the mirror and realizing that you got a problem
2: <laughs> I mean I think you're right I think they're close in talent to the Clippers team so if you are going to Um, in a sense lose your job mutually agree to leave your job and then go to another I think that this is about the best you can do to go from a roster like the Clippers to a roster like the 76ers and I'm really interested to see because you know part of what they say his job is going to be is if there's anything he can do to figure out how to get Simmons and Embiid to work together yeah so, a la Shaq. And Good, luck on <laughs> Good luck on
1: that one. Good luck on that.
2: I mentioned it on my solo show of why doctors
1: is a bad choice for that job. And if you want to know, go listen to that
2: one. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So, up next uh, was a tough day for star running backs as things tend to be at times in the NFL. So, you had Nick Chubb going down with an MCL injury. going to be out for about three to six weeks. And you had Austin Eckler for the L.A. Chargers uh, go down with a hamstring. He's going to be gone for about four to six weeks. So, which team will feel this injury the most, the Browns or the
1: Chargers? To be honest, I think the Chargers are going to feel it the most. They have a young quarterback, so they're going to need a veteran presence in the backfield. Even though Eckler's young, he still gave off that veteran running back feel. Yes. I mean, they're going to rely on, was it Justin Jackson and was it Josh Kelly? Mm. They're going to hope one of those two can produce something for the Browns they got cream hunt mm-hmm. they're good <laughs> <laughs> right. it's just like my fantasy team they're good yeah, in that capacity so um, yeah I think that they're going to definitely feel it the most especially having a young quarterback
2: yeah, I agree alright uh, see lastly and we were kind of teaming this up throughout our NFL segment but if you didn't know now you know Bill O'Brien former coach and gm of the texans now former because he has been fired by the organization today after an 0 and four start that we mentioned with the houston texans so i want you to grade each job on a scale of a to f how good of a job is this gm wise (gasps) the gm job yeah how that
1: portion c plus c plus You ain't got no picks. Bill gave them all away. It sounds more like like a D job. I'll give it C plus only because of Deshaun Watson. Okay. You you can, like we talked about this pre-production. Yeah. they just have to have Deshaun Watson recruit. They can -hmm. get him to recruit people to come play with them. Mm -hmm. People want to go play with Watson because he makes things happen. He is a taller version of Russell Wilson to me without without being as cerebral, I guess you could say. Mm Mm-hmm. He because uh, Russ doesn't doesn't make the bad throws when he does the scrambler. Watson forces things a little too much, and that's mm-hmm. because of you. I'll mm-hmm. give him about four years. He'll figure out how to not to do that. Right. So he's he's your Russell Wilson that's taller and able to really move around. Okay. So you
2: give it a C plus. Yep. I give it a D. All right. The coaching job, head coaching job, the head coaching job. A through F.
1: I'm gonna say C plus as well only because they don't have draft picks with the ad people. So if they can get Watson and recruit players,
2: this could be a B job. Mm -hmm. I give it a B minus because I really do think he's got skill position players on offense who really can play. Part of what they're missing is Bill O'Brien. It's kind of like going from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. You look around the league, you see all these creative offenses and all these creative head coaches like a Kyle Shanahan, and then you're stuck here with Bill Bryan, who's more like Jeff Fisher. Then you're like, okay, if I can get a coach in here, a great offensive mind, then maybe that can at least be enough to make us competitive on offense, even if the defense isn't going to be as good. Yeah, it's so.
1: true. And, and defensively, you still got J.J. Watt, who's your your defensive right. coordinator, basically out there. So they're gonna, the defense to get figured out. It's on offense of getting him some additional skill positions that don't get hurt very often. Right. Without having like a thirty year old Randall Cobb <laughs> and Cadillac Steels, who's getting up there in age, so his speed's going to start receiving him. So mm-hmm. That's it. Is it? Is it, Snoop?
2: That was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. All right, Jay, moving on from the NFL. A lot of of good NFL discussion there. Now we move on to some equally as good NBA discussion as we are in the finals. That's true. Lakers versus the Heat. So last night, down 2-0, the Miami Heat found a way to beat the Lakers and beat them convincingly. I can't quite recall what the score was, but it was double digits, correct? It was like 12, 13 points. To uh, only be down two games to one, Jimmy Buckets had a 40-point triple-double as well in leading his team without his number two and number three guy, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. So one of the interesting things that Jimmy Butler said towards the end of the fourth quarter to LeBron James is, you're in trouble. Yep. And when asked about this after the game in the press conference, he said the reason why he said that was because LeBron said it to him first after the first quarter where they had gotten, got up on him by double digits and then the Lakers came back to within two or three by the end of the first quarter. So he was right. spitting his words back to him. which So it brings up an interesting point now, Jay, with how the series has gone so far with Miami Heat winning this last game. Is Jimmy Butler right? Are they in trouble or is anybody in trouble in this series?
1: No, I, I The Lakers aren't in trouble. Mm -hmm. The Heat are in trouble if they can't get Bam out of bio. Look, I went back and I started looking at the the, um, game logs for Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. And here's an issue that I have. What he did last night is not sustainable. No. Or Sunday night. It's not sustainable. It's not something he's going to be able to keep up. He's going to need help. Somebody's got to step up and get him those numbers. Tyler Ero's going to have to give him another 37 or something because – the thing about Jimmy is, is once he puts up those big numbers, he has a tendency of going backwards. Mm -hmm. And I've, we've seen it. I've seen it with his numbers. Um, it was like every other game. He put up 30, 13, 35, 40, 15. And it was, that's how it went throughout all these playoff series And so somebody else had to step up. And a lot of times it was bam's defense adding with all the shooters around. Mm -hmm. They were able to do something. They're going to need – he's going to need help. This is not sustainable. It's not something that's going to last. So, if anybody's in trouble, it's the Heat.
2: Yeah, I would ag- I would agree in a sense. Um, I think the part of what they did last night that helped them to win had to do with Anthony Davis. They got him in early foul trouble. Now, I didn't watch that portion of the game, so I don't know if it was bad decision-making on Anthony Davis's part or if they were more aggressive uh, towards him on offense, thus causing him to foul. But him – Getting into foul trouble early, he never got into a very good rhythm. As a matter of yep. fact, I don't even think he had over twenty points. Did he? Who? Uh, Anthony Davis, or just barely? Barely. I think he had.
1: Uh,
2: he had fifteen. He had, okay, so didn't even approach. Yeah, he was a minus twenty six yes, and a
1: plus minus. so uh-huh. He was
2: just all some. He just wasn't there. So it may very, very well be a top, two, well, bottom two, bottom three game that he's played in the playoffs because he's been, you know, for the most part, spectacular in the playoffs. So, you know, what's weird
1: about that?
2: What? Looking at the minutes. They played a lot of people
1: in that game. Who did? The Lakers. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis only played 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, probably because of foul trouble. Yes. He only had four fouls, though. LeBron played almost 40, mm-hmm. and everybody else was under 30. Mm-hmm. Like, they played a heavy rotation, and I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> it He's a tight net rotation. I mean, the the Heat went into a 10-man rotation because they needed to, mm-hmm. but overall they only really
2: played seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, eight. And that's what the Lakers need to get back to. Mm-hmm. Now, Butler, him having a 40-point triple-double, he's not going to do that again. No. But I think the previous two games, he was, what, in the high 20s in terms of scoring. So he's still going to be able to score. So if you're the Lakers, and if they're not going to get Bam out of bio, and they're probably, I mean, with a plantar fascia injury, I don't see them getting Gordon Dragic back. Gordon's out. Yep. If all they have to do is figure out a way to slow down Jimmy Butler and then you're forcing a bunch of young guys who have never been in this position who are very uncomfortable because Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they do not look like in this series how they did against Boston. And they're not they're not going to. No, they're not. They're, not, they're, they're not. too young to do that.
1: I mean, Jimmy shot 70 percent from the field, which means he kept getting to the bucket. And yes. That's basically where he lived. You need to put your shot blockers out there. You need to have JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard out there playing in the post. Hell, if you need to, just do what Miami does and play a zone. Even though zone is for cowards, just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, don't let – because he played 45 minutes in game two. He played 45 minutes in game three. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to catch up with him. Right. You can't have this dude playing basically 48 minutes every single game and think that he's going to last when you only get one day off. Mm-hmm. They're back-to-back games in, in which the next game is what? Tomorrow. This game is tomorrow, But yeah. then they get like two days off. They get off. three days. They play again they Friday. Friday. So I – Good. So I was gonna say, you push him to 45 Tuesday night, which will be the tonight, based upon when you guys are listening to this, because we're mm-hmm. recording Monday night. He, they're not gonna win that game. So they will be down three no. one going into Friday's
2: game. Friday's game, and I think they may get bam back. They're gonna win that game, and then Game Six is gonna be hell for oh, whoever yeah. wins it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight because it's gonna be Sunday yes. night, and it's gonna be punches, kicks. Oh, Everybody's yeah. gonna be battling it out. everything. It's gonna be like. It's going to be like forcing your kids to take a bath. They're young and hate getting in the water. (laughs) It's going to be whatever you're going to be. It's going to be kicking and screaming. So, no, Jimmy has done. I mean, he had 23 game one, 25 game two, 40 game three. Mm -hmm. In the other games, though, this is what I said. I looked at the the game logs. Yeah. He scored in game one against Milwaukee. He dropped 40. Mm -hmm. Game two, 13. Mm -hmm. Game three, 30. Game four, 17. Mm -hmm. Game five, 17. He starts to tear off in the games as he, he up, he's up and down score because he tries to get everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, what's going to bite them in the butt. Because once you really put the cuffs on, on Jimmy, which is hard to do, but you do enough to force his, the ball in his hand all the time. Who else he got? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Tyler hero, hero, but Tyler Hero's also what? 20 years old, all of 20, all of 20. So I can't expect him to be, the anchor that's going to be the complement to right. what Jimmy Butler's doing without the two, without the one veteran, Gordon Dragic. Who that to me, that veteran presence is important because he knows how to not only be composed, but he can also bring the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. That's where your issues run into.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.
1: We dive in real quick to my frozen five. I went two two and one this week, mm-hmm. so two wins, two losses, and a tie. My co- complimentary picks also went one and one. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked the wrong one going into this when they lead us to a winning week. So my apologies. So I'll do my 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 loss, my tie, and my losses first. Okay. Chargers tied at plus seven. Told you they, they were gonna they were gonna ride hard against Tampa. Mm-hmm. I didn't think their offense was gonna play this well. I thought their defense was gonna do better. Um, I just lucked out that at the end the 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 Buccaneers. Which real quick, out. what do you
2: think of Justin Herbert so far?
1: Oh, I'm loving him. Mm-hmm. I'm loving him. Dude's got a rocket. Mm-hmm. He's he's putting it in the right places. He's not really making stupid mistakes. He's not a turnover machine. So um, he's looking good as a young guy. I can give him. I can give him those props. He's looking good as a young guy. Yeah. Uh, first L was the Texans. I, I just they that, should have won that. That, game. Was one, that was one of my picks too this week. They yeah. should have won the game. Mm-hmm. That was theirs, and it just fell apart. It just completely fell apart. It was the Vikings, so it was perfect. I knew they were going to fall apart. <laughs> and what happened? I guess because they have they have a losing record, they they won. So right. Then the Raiders. This has got to be Derek Carr's last year as the quarterback of the Raiders. It's got to be at this point that they should have won that game. They should have won that game, or at least came in closer than plus three. They had it. They had they they had them where they wanted them. They had they had Josh Allen making a few silly mistakes, getting himself hurt. Flicking the ball with his left hand. I mean, you had him. You had them at the right spot. And then, offensively, Derek Hard started throwing the ball away. Mm -hmm. Dubs. Told you the Colts, man. You were right on that defensive line. And just watching them, their number one defense on DVOA, sold me to them. Mm -hmm. And then the Ravens. Lamar Jackson went out there and did what we expected him to do. He just got revenge and destroyed uh, Washington basically all by himself. That 50-yard touchdown run was just – Lamar which was more,
2: which was more spectacular his long run or sam Darnold's long run on thursday night kyler
1: murray's long run <laughs> yeah i know y'all saw kyler scooting around like a little kid running away mm-hmm. from go, from from bath time yep Everyone was making great jokes about him looking like a bad kid in the neighborhood running around away from everybody. But mm-hmm. um, I think Sam Darnold's was because he forgot that he was athletic and was about to slide and realize, wait a minute, I can outrun these dudes. And he yep. just got random. The light so came on. The light came on. And he kept going. So that was great. True. But no, Lamar, of course, just doing what Lamar does. Did his jukes and got us that dub. So. Yeah.
2: All
1: right. So uh, what are we going to do this week uh, on the $7 challenge right. area? So
2: to that point, Jay. All right. So collectively. On our Frozen 5 bets this year thus far through week 4, we are 10, 8, and 2. Okay. So we got a winning record. So if you played all of our picks, you've made a little money. But uh, we can make you even more money because we've done it before. So today, uh, really in order to help me get going on my (laughs) next Frozen 5, we're going to do some early lines. Uh, Jay has not looked at the lines for NFL week 5 coming up as of uh, Monday today when we record. So I'm going to give you seven games and you tell me who the favorite is and what you think the line is and you get – a point and a half either way. Okay, just a second. Jimmy's got questions. Which, let me ask you this, though, because you know how, how it comes to. Jay's got answers. Yeah, I was I that was uh, terrible. Yeah, you did, you should... did
1: well. It's the $7 challenge.
2: <laughs> what happens. I think you a little early, but it's okay. <laughs> so
1: that means we can dive right
2: into it Yeah. start playing wrestling. the game. All right, first game, Jay. You have your Bucks at the Bears. That's Thursday night football. Oh, God. So, what is the line on the Bucks of the Bears?
1: Tampa's traveling to Chicago, right? Yes. So, Tampa is the road team. Tampa's definitely a favorite. I'm going to say Tampa Bay minus three. Ah.
2: Nope. Uh, incorrect. Minus five and a half.
1: Wow. That's a lot
2: bigger than I expected. I was going to say four, but dang. Might come down. Oh, goodness. Okay, what's next? All right, um, next? You have the Jaguars at the Texans. We just can't get off the Texans. I know, right? Jacksonville's
1: traveling to Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, Houston's in shambles, but at the same time, they're playing against Jacksonville. Right. Um, The Texans have to be a favorite, but it's not going to be the favorite that they should be. Well, Vegas may may do that. Let's go Texans minus four.
2: I just missed it. Incorrect. Texans minus six. Is it six? It's six. They
1: think that they're gonna be a pick'em in check. See, it's watch. I told you about that schedule, right? Mm-hmm. All right. What's next?
2: Up next, you have the New York Football Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants are traveling to Dallas.
1: Mm-hmm. The Giants' defense is bad. Cowboys' offense is really good. Cowboys' defense is really bad.
2: <laughs> Dallas Cowboys minus eight. Correct. Dallas minus nine and a half. Yes. Very good. All right. Up next, you have the L.A. Chargers at the New Orleans Saints. Chargers are traveling to New Orleans, young quarterback in the
1: Silver Dome with no crowd, so that advantage goes away, but at the same time, they're playing Vets. Michael's
2: out, right? He's he's out this week. We don't know if he's going to be back next week.
1: Okay, so it's going to probably be similar to the way the Buccaneers was. I'm going to say the Saints minus eight.
2: Correct. Saints minus eight minus seven and a half. Ah, very good. I figured <laughs> it was right. be similar to Tampa. That makes sense. All right. Uh, next, we have the L.A. Rams at the Washington football team. Okay. Rams,
1: Rams are playing in Washington, so they're traveling cross-country again. Yes. Okay. Rams going across country, playing against them. If they were at home, they would probably be at least a 10-point favorite, if not closer to 12. I'm going to say Rams minus 7.
2: I just missed it. Rams minus 9. Wait a minute. They're a nine-point favorite in Washington? Rams at Washington. I'll double check just to make sure. That's a large spread. Rams going to Washington, minus nine. Take all of it. What's next? All right, next we have the Cardinals at the Jets.
1: Cardinals playing. Oh, okay, another cross-country travel. Mm -hmm. Playing against the Jets. Say the cards minus eight and a half.
2: Incorrect. Cards minus six and a half. So they got a little bit more respect currently for the Jets. Maybe because the think? Jets have three extra days of prep or something. And when are they playing? Huh? When do they play? Um, see, they're playing. Are they Monday night or Sunday night? No, this is uh, early game on Sunday.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I, I didn't know. Okay. Wow. Six and a half.
2: <laughs> yeah, minus six. That's going to go up.
1: People are going to hammer the hell out of that. Hammer right. the
2: hell out of it. And lastly, uh, team, you've been championing this entire show. You have the Colts at the Browns. So the Colts are playing in Cleveland, not that far of a travel. Late game,
1: that matters. Is it the is it a a afternoon or is it the night? This
2: uh, afternoon, one of the three o'clock games to us. Really?
1: Okay. Give me the Colts in Cleveland, right? Yes. I don't think they like Cleveland that much. This one's kind of tough because mm. I don't I don't know how to judge Cleveland in any of these spreads right now. I'm not sure what they what Vegas feels on them yet. It, even after the Cowboys win, I think they're still confused. Okay. So I'm gonna say the Colts will be favorites minus two.
2: Ooh, correct minus two and a half. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get a bonus in there. Okay. come uh, on Sunday Night Football. You have the Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks.
1: In Seattle? Yes. Seahawks
2: minus eight. Say that again? Seahawks minus eight. Correct. Seahawks minus seven. I figured that they would be... At least a touchdown favorite
1: in that game. I mean, why would you not
2: Kirk under the big lights? Exactly.
1: Sunday night football. Kirk <laughs> under the lights versus a team with a winning record.
2: I wish I would have switched that one out for one of the other ones. Very
1: good, very, very good, sir. That's why I had you do it. Appreciate that. it. Four for four. Four out of four uh, four out of eight. So uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm i I'm okay with that. I'm nice. okay with that. Nice. That's not too bad. Okay. Let's get ready to put a bow on this beauty. And talk through I'll let you lead the way, Jimmy.
2: Okay, Jay, so uh, college football, as you know, in most conferences has begun. In particular, the Big 12 uh, returning OU, who made it to the college football playoff last year. Uh, OU coming off a loss to Kansas State in Norman last week. Can't quite remember what the score was, but they dropped to 18 going into Iowa State this past Saturday. And they proceed to lose to Iowa State to losing back-to-back games for the first time since... Uh, In 21 years, so 1999. 21 years, have not lost back-to-back, falling out of the top 25 in college football for the first time since 2016. Yep. But just something that's only happened once or twice over that same 21-year period, we'll say. Yep. So, uh, obviously, Jay, um, you know, we definitely have our fingers on the pulse of Sooner Nation. And the thoughts and feelings about what has gone on I just last week, this week, and what it all means. So, Jay, how did this happen? How did the Sooners lose two in a row? How are they one and two? What is going wrong with this team?
1: So I defer to the college football and OU expert that I know, uh, RJ Young, okay. on Twitter and YouTube or whatnot, that's uh, now at ESPN Radio. He talks about how the one thing we can't blame is Spencer Rattler. He's like, if you watch the game, you'd understand it's not him problem that OU has is something that it's a very rare thing that OU goes through. They have no running backs. Mm. They have no run game. They don't have a single running back that averages more than five yard, four yards a carry. They have no five yard per carry running backs. And that's not something that OU is used to having. I mean, think about the, the, plethora of backs we've seen out of there. Hell, we had, what, Kennedy Brooks, you had Trey Sermon before that. Just going back the list of all these running backs that OU's always had. They've always, if anything, OU's always had a running game. Mm-hmm. They've always had one of the most explosive offenses in the country. That's the thing that's always propelled them through the Big 12 and propelled them through uh, into the college football playoff yes. because they have such a great run game. They ain't got it this year. And he pointed that out, and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? You're right. They got young backs. It's like... This is something that Lincoln Raleigh was, always, was, was, was really good as an offensive guru. They're missing that key component. And then, of course, Alex Grinch is trying his hardest, but that defense is still pretty atrocious. They just haven't got to the point where they're going to be dominant yet. Now, I, I have still said that I'm going to give him three years on it because you can see a difference in the defenses since he's been there. Mm. It's just not at, the, 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 at par at the level you want. They're not. They're they're hitting. They're hitting a bogey right now. They were triple bogeying out to the point where mm-hmm. their handicap was probably like minus fifty right. or hundred. <laughs> but they're hitting bogeys now. I think they're going to move closer to par and potentially get closer to to the birdie stage in the next year as he's bringing in better recruits. A culture change for them takes time, especially on the defensive side. Mm. And they've got to, unfortunately, filter out the former um, Stoops guys Mm -hmm. and really bring in nothing but his guys. They're young. Uh, Me and my buddy talked about this last year. He said that OU this year is going to be okay. The year after when they have juniors and seniors and those junior transfers are in there and everybody really is clicking around Grinch's setup, that's when OU is going to be a problem. So, for me, it's about next year. What are you thinking about mm-hmm. all of this craziness?
2: Um, well, you know, one of the things I like to do after a game is go to the box score. Because the box score, it doesn't tell you everything, but it tells you something. Um, I had not thought about the issues with the running game. I guess because the passing game is still functioning somewhat where it needs to. right? Even though I know Rattler's young, third game is a starter, et cetera. But it's, I mean, it definitely is defensively because when you have one running back, uh, B. Hall, whoever that is, who has 28 carries for 139, two touchdowns, averaging five yards a carry. And then, this is the most interesting part, uh, they had 13 receptions for 282 yards on a 21.7 average, meaning that the secondary is giving up big plays. So the front seven is not stopping the run. The secondary is not stopping the pass, and guys are getting running lanes. Yak, you know, yak upon yak. it makes me think of what we just said about the Dallas Cowboys Right. in terms of this doesn't happen if you're getting, you know, consistent effort. I mean, all these guys are tough. I mean, they're football players, so they're tough, but I guess toughness in the sense of being able to make a statement to the offense, being able to intimidate, being able to use fear as a tool to affect the psyche of the offense that you're facing. Yeah. So I, I don't believe for a second that this Iowa State offense nor the Kansas State offense had any fear whatsoever that they weren't going to be able to do what they wanted to do once they got into rhythm, and that's exactly what happened. So I don't know if this – I mean, you you mentioned just him getting the right recruits in and getting those recruits to sort of be veteran recruits, be juniors and seniors. Um, So I'm sure that that plays a part in it as well. I don't know how much of it is his scheme either, but – Kind of unlike Dallas, yes, with his OU team, it is the defense, but even the offense is not functioning at a peak level, and primarily, like you said, because because of the run. And oftentimes when you see teams like this that throw the ball really well and have for years, part of it is because they have a fantastic run game. Like you go back to the L.A. Rams when they had Todd Gurley, when his knees were where they needed to be, that was part of the reason why they were so hard to stop is because you have to focus so much attention on Todd Gurley that you lose attention on what's happening in the passing game. Right. Right. And that's what's going to happen if OU doesn't get a consistent run game. Teams are going to start to figure out certain things that's going to make it more difficult for OU to be able to pass the ball.
1: Yeah. So looking at their running game from last game, you had T.J. Pledger, who had 11 carries for 47 yards. Uh Uh, Seth McGowan, who's the freshman, 12 carries for 47 yards and Rattler had nine carries for 20. They yeah, they're they're. I mean, so I misquoted on that Seth McGowan for the season does have. Is averaging five point three. He has thirty four carries for one eighty one. But he's a freshman. He's not really getting the I mean, I guess you have no choice but to now just hand him the ball and just say, dude, do something.
2: <laughs> like anything, do something. Just
1: figure out. Figure it out. You I mean Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas, boy, means you need to figure something out. And so this is the year where OU's just gonna have to look in the mirror and ask themselves, Are we gonna be ready for next year when things potentially are back to normal? I get that this is a weird year. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I haven't paid much attention to um, college football because even looking at the rankings, because everybody ain't even playing. Right. Michigan's ranked 20th and ain't played a game yet.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Wisconsin's
1: in like the top, I think top 20, and they haven't played a game yet. So it's weird seeing all these Big Ten and Pac-12 teams in the rankings that are in the rankings, and they haven't even touched the field yet, so we have no clue. And then we don't have the cross-conference games to really measure um, who's what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I I, was hoping – I mean, my volunteers are 14th in the country and 12th in the coaches poll. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? But then you've got BYU you – yeah, Wisconsin, BYU, and Oregon, 14, 15, and 17. It's like Oregon ain't played nobody. Right. Wait, they literally have not played anybody. So it's weird – it's weird trying to figure out college football and, and most of the people out here ain't touching the games.
2: So, sorry. So from that standpoint, then what you're saying is that, OU being unranked, even after two bad losses, it really isn't as meaningful because not everybody's playing. So these polls, they really don't possess much meaning anyway, in terms of evaluating. I mean, like outside of like the top four, top five, so, I mean, Clemson. Yeah, they're up there. So is Alabama, et cetera. Right, right. But, Ohio
1: state's number six and they playing no games. Yeah. Right. Right. And they got two first place votes, even though this is considered <laughs> Ohio state's greatest team, like probably ever yeah. the way that they're assembled. But, yeah, for me, and and we talked about this about the NFL, about preseason and how important the preseason is, in my personal opinion, because it gives you the opportunity to really evaluate people. College football is missing their preseason, which is these cupcakes getting the crap kicked out of them. <laughs> That's the thing, except for the Sun Belt beating the crap out of these uh, Big 12 teams, right. which tell you just how bad Big 12 teams are when it comes to being prepared. We're missing that for teams like OU and stuff to gel themselves and figure out who's going to play or not. I think I mean, Kennedy Brooks isn't even playing this year, and he's still on the roster. Mm-hmm. He would have been a major asset for them on the field. But, of course, COVID's got a lot of these kids thinking more so to their future than today. Mm-hmm. And I'm not if – you, if you are a – if you are predicted as a third-round and up guy, first, second, or third-round draft pick, why are you even playing this year? Exactly. Unless you, I mean, I I get maybe trying to up your your draft status, but why are you playing this year? I promise you, NFL executives and recruiters and scouts don't care if you you decide to sit out because of COVID or not. I promise you. Hell, they'll look at players that take money, and they'll ask you, look, just don't lie to us. Did you take money or not? Players say, yeah, okay. They go about their day. Why? Because they're going to pay them to play the game. So they don't really care about any of that stuff. They care about your integrity. So just don't lie about it. Mm -hmm. If you go out there and say, you know what, I didn't play due to COVID, I didn't want to take any type of risk uh, in preparation for the draft. I also didn't want to play, you know, get injured just in case we have a lackluster set up on the line or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're going to understand that because they're dealing with the same thing there in the NFL.
2: They're
1: not tripping on that because, you know what, they're going to be investing in you for at least five years. And because they're going to have to put money behind your name, hell yeah, don't play. Now, you're going to have those Joe Burrows out there who's going to be playing to up their draft status and up their draft capital, and I get that for them. But overall, hell, if you're going to first three rounds, I'm playing. Stay mm. your butt at home. So, mm. that makes sense. <laughs> uh, All right, I guess we're wrapping this up. Jimmy, what is yes. on the editing room floor? Editing room floor. We forgot?
2: Yes, just one thing, and I think that you're going to be all over this. Uh, so, there was okay. a um, – Bit of an interesting situation yesterday in the NFL after the Rams defeated the New York Giants in LA, I believe by a score of 17 to 9, 17 to 10, something yes. like that. Uh, apparently, there were two players from each team who met up. At the middle of the field, words were exchanged, and then punches, and then it became an all-out brawl between uh, star cornerback for the Rams, Jalen Ramsey. Sounds like a Ramsey thing. And wide receiver for the Giants, been around for a long time, Golden Tate. Oh, the Golden Tate. Okay. Yeah, the Golden Tate. So, Jay, I figured that you had intel, detective work, uh, social media evidence, and so forth as to what the hell happened, why this fight happened and just the story behind it. So give me what you got on this.
1: So they've had beef for a few years now, and this is considered one of the uh, games within a game type scenarios. You get what I mean when I say that? It's basically you're playing the game against each other, but the two guys have another game they're playing against (laughs) each other. Kind of like how Seth Curry was kind of going at Paul George in the bubble when Dallas was playing the Clippers because Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers' daughter, and Paul George cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter and got someone else pregnant, in which I think he's with now. Yes. So, well, I think that's now his, or his, he's his girl or his wife, something. He's with that person at this moment. So they, he, of course, was duking it out. Well, in this scenario, Jalen Ramsey has two kids with Golden Tate's sister, and it was a very public and ugly breakup. So ah. Golden Tate, of course has taken issue mm-hmm. with the fact that Jalen Ramsey had such a public breakup with his sister okay. and dumped her for another woman while she was pregnant with his second child. Oh! So yeah, tippers flared, little bit of, you know, back and forth. You know, that's his niece or nephew, whichever one it is. I'm not sure. I didn't check to see that portion of it. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's beef there and I got it. It was messy for them to even go at it at the end. Like, why? What's the point? But at the same time, yeah, um,
2: it's silliness. You know, and when we briefly talked about this yesterday, um, I guess one of my impressions was, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't really think that I am, that this was probably the safest place for them to fight. Yes. Because if they had met up somewhere, you know, under the stadium, it's a closer space, which I means was bad for COVID anyway. You have people on top falling on top of each other. You have equipment all over the place, which become weapons. And then it gets even more messy. Guys get hurt. You know, Jalen Ramsey, he just got his contract. He can ill afford to have that happen. So... I think this was the best place, plenty of people around to break it up. Yeah. We get to see it or see part of it. And then, you know, after that they go their separate ways. Nobody really inserts. It's true. Everybody wins. I'm kinda
1: curious to how they are um uh, how they interact now. <laughs> With the uh, the sister and the kids or whatnot, I wonder if they even see each other as they trade the children off for you know visits and stuff. Probably not. Or if they ever come yeah. across each other, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really weird. So it anyway, sucks. it sucks. We appreciate you joining us as usual here on Unfair. Please check us out on our website and uh, wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Check us out on social media. You'll see it all across uh, the videos on YouTube as well. as on our social media sites, wherever you follow us and all of that jazz. And in the description you'll see that. We also got a uh, hotline for you guys to hit us up yes. and get your feedback as well as um, tell us what you think. You may show up on, the ne- on one of the shows coming up soon at the end of the month. That number, you can call in and leave us a message. It's 430-901-1906. So, uh, again, 430-901-1906. So, for Bob, Mike, and Wendy, thank you so much for helping us out with all of this. And for my co-host Jimmy, check out his solo show later this week and his Frozen 5. I'll have probably a special episode again with the OSG maybe this week. Mm -hmm. We'll see if we can figure out and put something together. But, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, besides that...